My wife, Krista, and I have four children. You know, there have been times that we've been going to spend some time with a brand new family. And in the means of doing that, I want to make sure that my children don't embarrass me when we show up. So I would actually coach them before the arrival so that they will be prepared. Now, this actually occurs on the drive. I tilt the rearview mirror in the minivan, which, by the way, no way to be cool in a minivan. But looking into that rearview mirror, I catch all of my kids' attention. I say, hey, y'all look at me eyeball to eyeball. They all look up. We're about to go into this house. I do not want you to forget one thing. You are skippers. You represent this family. So act like it. Make sure when we get in that place, you act like you got some sense. Now, after a quick little statement like that, I get four responses from all four kids. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To be honest, I don't even know what it means to act like skippers, but for some reason, it seems to work. I'm Dr. Levi Skipper, Evangelism Catalyst for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and you're listening to No Sweat Evangelism, my podcast designed to help you make sharing your faith simple. As followers of Jesus, we need to make sure that we don't forget who we are in Christ. We represent Jesus every single day of our lives. We call God our Father. And bottom line is, we need to make sure we're acting like we have some sense. Last episode, we began talking about how we have been robbed of Great Commission ownership. So how do we get it back? Well, it first begins by remembering who you are in Christ. If you just joined us, we began listening to a message that was delivered at Go Georgia in 2019, and we're going to jump right back into it now. So again, our key question, how do we take back Great Commission ownership? And really what I want to do is just give you three major answers to that one simple question. And we see it directly here from this particular text. The first thing, jot it down, we must not forget who we are in Christ. We must not forget who we are in Christ. So look at your Bible again. We're just going to go verse by verse through this awesome chapter and through the verses we just looked at. But verse 9, he says, you are a chosen race. Now, the word chosen is a Greek word, which is literally a word that means selected. The term for race is the Greek word genos. It's where we get the idea of genes. It's even the word that's used to describe Gentiles, those who are not Jewish by their race. But it literally describes an ethnic group. You are a chosen race. And this particular race does not coincide with a person's first birth, but rather their second birth. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So indeed, the New Testament church is a selected family. You who have come to Christ by faith were conceived by the seed of the Word of God and the power of the Spirit of God. You've been adopted into an eternal family, and God is now your daddy. I love that. As soon as you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you got a new daddy. Somebody say amen, right? One day I'm going to preach a sermon called, Who's Your Daddy? That's a good one, right? Because as soon as you come to the Lord Jesus, you're adopted into this eternal family. You are a chosen race. Verse 9 again, you're a royal priesthood. Now, the priests of the Old Testament, when you begin to look into their lives, you will discover that they would bring an animal sacrifice to God And they would lay that sacrifice on the brazen altar, and it would be consumed with fire. And the aroma of that particular sacrifice would swell up to the nostrils of a holy God, and it would bring him pleasure. 
and the aroma of the sacrifice would also encompass the worshiper. And everywhere that worshiper went, the aroma of the sacrifice was upon him. And all of this in the Old Testament pointed directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says that Jesus gave himself up for us on the cross at Calvary. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the substitute for our sin, dying in our place, the just for the unjust, paying for our penalty. Paul the Apostle writes in Ephesians 5, 2, Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. You know, the Scripture does teach you and I that it pleased God to crush his son. And on the cross at Calvary, when Jesus died, his death brought a sweet-smelling aroma into the portals of heaven. Paul also tells us that when we, by faith, embrace his death on our behalf, the aroma of his sacrifice begins to encompass our lives. Paul the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So as soon as you came to faith in Jesus, you started smelling differently. And that smell is the fragrant aroma of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. When we gather together and we offer up our worship unto the Lord, that is also a sweet-smelling aroma. But all of that worship is founded upon the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And when we leave that time of worship, we walk out of that place smelling like Jesus to those we come into contact with where we live, work, and play. And this is an aroma that we do not want to cover up. This is an aroma that we desire for others to smell upon our lives. Horatius Bonar. Anybody know Horatius Bonar? He's written some books back in the day. He's no longer with us. You can tell that's not a modern name, can't you? But I thought if I quoted a real old guy, y'all would be like, this dude is smart. <laughs> but I want you to listen to what Horatius Bonar writes. He says, in the cross, we see Jesus, the priest and priesthood. In the resurrection, we see the king and royal power. To the priest belong the absolution and the cleansing and the justifying. And to the king belongs the impartation of blessing to the absolved, the cleansed and the justified. All that makes Jesus precious and dear to the heavenly father has been transferred to me. You see, in the Old Testament, no priest served as a king. The roles were separated, but in Jesus Christ, both the role of priest and king intersect. And he serves both of those roles with absolute perfection. He both cleanses you and he also crowns you. He cleanses you through his death. He crowns you through his resurrection. You are a royal priesthood. Notice again verse 9, he says you're a holy nation. You're holy in the sense that you're a dedicated group. You were conceived by the word of God, bought by the son of God, and dedicated to the service of God by the Holy Spirit. And the word nation here, again, is the word ethnos. It gives us the idea of ethnic groups. We are a nation. We are a multitude of people with the same nature, all because of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are actually partakers in the divine nature of the Lord Jesus. 
And what an awesome privilege that is that God would allow you and I to be partakers in his divine nature. You know, in the days of Paul and in the days even of Old Testament scripture, people held so tightly to their ethnic backgrounds in that particular era. It was a big deal to be a Jew. It was a big deal to be a Samaritan. It was a big deal to be a Greek or a Gentile or some other ethnic group. They were a part of a tribe and they had pride in their tribe. But God's word says you're a brand new ethnic group. Are y'all listening? You are a brand new ethnic group. In this group, Paul says in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. You see, God's work in us through the gospel dispels any concept of racism and classism. As people come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if they are black, white, Indian, Asian, poor, middle class, or yuppies. We are all one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christians are a brand new ethnic group. You're a holy nation. Verse 9 again, you are a people for God's own possession. I love that statement. It reminds me as well, my wife and I have four children at home. The oldest is 16 and the youngest is Younger than 16. I don't remember how old she is, but I love her. We feed her. But we, we've bought gifts for them, right? So Christmas rolls around, their birthday rolls around, we buy them gifts. We want to impress them, right? And uh, anyway, what drives me absolutely nuts is when I buy my child a gift and they pull it out of the box and they're all excited about it and then the gift doesn't work. First thing that happens to me is I get extremely frustrated and I think to myself, what a waste of money. Did you know when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you were purchased by the blood of Jesus? And you were brought into the family of God so that you might be the sweet-smelling aroma of Jesus to other people? What a tragedy for God to look upon our churches or look upon our lives. And we be living in such a way that we have become a waste of such a great price. You're a people for God's own possession. The holy God gave the highest price for his beloved church. We are owned by God. So if we're going to take back Great Commission ownership, we've got to remember who we are in Jesus. Over the next two episodes, you're going to have an opportunity to hear more of this message, so stay tuned in. In the meantime, let me invite you once again to check out 10evangelismmistakes.com. That's 10evangelismmistakes.com. There you'll find a few simple pointers to help you in sharing Jesus with others. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please give us the thumbs up, share it with others. It's a huge help. This has been a production of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Special thanks to our studio producer, the man, John Graham.